Welcome to the Artist Work Ethic Podcast. I'm Mike Pilak. I'm an actor, screenwriter, and filmmaker who's always looking to maximize my time and potential as I work to break in. In this podcast, I talk to artists of all kinds who have seen success in their fields about their process, habits, and work ethic. Today on the show is Casey Cavalier. Casey is guitarist and a founding member of The Wonder Years. The Wonder Years have released six full-length albums, toured the world extensively, And in addition to the Wonder Years, Casey is a music producer, a podcast host, and artist coach. A couple quick things before we jump into the episode. I've talked in the past about myself working on breaking into screenwriting. Please check out blackoilfilms.com slash screenwriting. There you can check out some of the screenplays I've written. I have the first 10 pages of each one uploaded, but feel free to email me at the artist's work ethic podcast at gmail.com and I'd be happy to send you a full script if you're interested in reading. Last thing before we get into the episode, I would love anyone listening to subscribe, rate and review the artist's work ethic podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us put the show out there for more people to listen to. All right, Casey, thank you for coming on with me today. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, excited, excited for it for sure. So you've got a lot going on right now. Obviously, you have the Wonder Years touring, uh, the record that came out not too long ago. You're also a producer. You do artist coaching. How, what keeps you from sitting back and relaxing? Ooh, um, what a gr- what a great question to start off with. Um, uh, I think uh, you know it probably starts with something uh proving uh to myself that that there's more in the tank and that there's um that there's uh, a lane to get better i mentioned a little bit of this to you in the pre-roll but i'll kind of rehash it here uh i've forever for some reason been very um fascinated with the like personal growth section <laughs> of a of a bookstore um and a lot of stuff that is found there and i used to kind of like hide it away you know in my bunk or in you know my backpack in the seat and uh the older i've gotten the more i just you know kind of like a creative or musician that gets fascinated with the process i get fascinated with unpacking new tools and then getting and going the going to apply them right and getting the opportunity to apply them that is part of it right is being like hey i just learned this new thing let me implement it right uh <laughs> and see if it's actually as effective as people say it is right but i think there's um and you uh, again we were talking a little bit before the show you uh working in the lane that you do uh, screenwriting it's it's all storytelling. And I think there are just an endless amount of stories to be told and an infinite amount of ways that they can be told. And just when we think we've kind of taken a look at every possible, you know, story and archetype and, and, and overarching, you know, narrative kind of theme from every 360 degree angle, doesn't technology just keep popping up with new ways to kind of attack an, an old story, right? And an old problem. So it, it's a cool, I mean, it's an insane time to be living truthfully. Like, you know, I was born 
and the internet was not even really a thing. And now here we have it just in your pocket, wherever you go. And we get to complain about when you're at the top of a mountain <laughs> and it doesn't work and you can't post something to Instagram. <laughs> so, um, and that all within like, you know, the span of like three decades, right? So as a creative, it's a very overwhelming time because the tools and the canvas has changed a lot. So there's so much to explore. I think that in a sense, is what drives me to wake up and be like, dude, there is just too much to fucking try, you know? <laughs> a lot of opportunities for yeah. reinvention. Right, right, totally. Um, and, and I think also seeing if, you know, you can chase something a little bit new, right? You know, I, I don't think there is no, um, nothing is 100% original, right? And I think once you get in tune with that understanding and stop trying to chase something that, you know, and shake off any semblance of, you know, recognition of your influences and be like completely your own um, and realize that it's actually, you can use the same five ingredients, but make something that impresses upon someone in a, you know, and creates a completely different experience. Right. I love food parallels as well. That's another lane that I, I don't know if you're a food guy, but I, I think that is, I've always respected the way you can serve up, prepare and, or present something that's seemingly the same thing, but it's just not at all. Right. Yeah, no, totally. um, I think that's an amazing thing uh, and really cool. And it's, I mean, we do the same thing in music all the time, right? So only so many notes, especially, well, if you're subscribing to like the Western scale of music or whatever, but you know, yet somehow 60,000 people upload a song to Spotify every day. Just crazy. How's it done? <laughs> And that's probably something that, you know, the carrot that I keep on chasing that gets me up for sure. Um, if I had to like really unpack it and unwind it all the way back, I think it's also just making something that's cool that gets me, that wants me to move. Right. And it's chasing that high. It's a dopamine high, truthfully. Like it's, it's a selfish thing too. You know what I mean? It's like, whether it be as a songwriter, a guitar player, I'm working on, like I just told you, like a, a Wonder Years track. And right before I popped on here. I was literally like looking like if someone had come in here, I, I they would be like, dude, you are not like out of context. They're like, you're not okay. <laughs> so I am like fully in the element immersed in hearing what the rest of my band had just put together and, and being fully in it, even though they're like 1200 miles away, you know, it's also chasing that kind of excitement too. You know, once you, once you taste it, <laughs> you, you want it more and more. And you become disciplined and and recognize that you might not get it every day, <laughs> you yeah. know. Uh, but when you do, it is it is always worth it for sure, and you always know it, and you always come back to it. So the answer to this could be different based on whether you're home or you're on the road. But in general, how are you structuring your day to to be productive in all the different things? You know, like I said, you have a lot of a lot going on a lot of different buckets. How are you kind of structuring yourself to be moving forward in all of these, but also having, having, you know, the life outside of it all. 
Yeah. No, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. It definitely, it's, it's almost like I live two different, very different lives, right? I compartmentalize and I, and I've done so for like the last 15 years and it's been very difficult. I will say it's been a learning process, right? Um, It is kind of one of those grass is greener things where you don't realize what you will be giving up 15 years from now, you know, potentially um, not just in the time away, but in, you know, the progress in, in other endeavors and, um, and how you see, um, you know, not that it is a race or a comparison, everybody has their own path. And I've had to really grapple with that personally and, and understand that. And luckily I, I circle back to the fact that it is and has been all worth it, but not just because of the music I've made or the success that the band has had specifically, but because of the lessons that I have learned about myself, right. Um, through it. It's one of those, I'm sure you've, you've probably gotten this answer across the 55 other episodes at some point as well, but I have found and fully believe I will never just have it figured out. Right. You know what I mean? Like just when you think you do, and that's, I think that's part of also this kind of like illness and the disease that has gripped me and will grip me, uh, until my end, uh, that I think I can control it, uh, and think I can outsmart, uh, myself and the variables that life throws at you. Um, you can't, it's just about waking up every day and saying, what can I control? What can I step into and what can I get done? And I think for me, the some of the most helpful tools that I have found, right, uh, are probably some things that in, in a man of your similar pursuits, uh, you've probably come across, honestly, um, I, you know, I could spit on, well, I don't know if anybody is is watching the video of this, then you can already see that there's a bookshelf behind me, but it, Mike can specifically. And on that bookshelf, there's probably some very familiar pieces uh, or familiar works to you, um, just based on the nature of your show. But all that being said, I, I think it's about prioritizing and I don't always do it super well, right? <laughs> um, I, I think even when, even when we don't always follow our own advice, I can admit that uh, wholeheartedly, right? And, and, but at the very least, I always catch myself and recalibrate prioritizing and uh, I'm a firm believer in there's a book and maybe you're familiar with it, uh, an author by the name of Cal Newport. And I just read it again, but it's a book called Deep Work. And I think in that he lays out a, you know, an interesting idea for how to kind of like time batch and lay out your day. And the whole idea behind it is that you take a, a, a look at each week and really fully map out an intention for what you need to get done and want to get done. And it's about being realistic. And that's not always easy. Every time I make a list, inevitably, there is always something I don't get to on the list, right? Yeah, roll it over to the next day. We just have to know that that is how it's going to be. But what's more important than the length of the list or, you know, how many things you get, uh, how far down that list you get is what stays at the top of it, right? And And going and attacking that for all it's worth, right? And saying, this is the most important thing right now because everything else will flow downhill or is secondary to it. And that's a skill uh, you'll still be learning and think you, you know, um, and be recalibrating and reorganizing the hierarchy as you go, right? Because there will always be new projects. There will always be different objectives as the phases of your life change. As a creative as a person, as a member of your family, in 
any other relationships, right? As just a human being on planet Earth, right? Your your objections and priorities will shift, people grow, people change. And that for me, though, is saying waking up every day and saying like, okay, what one thing is my is the main thing that I got to like, you know, try and check off. And sometimes that's very specific and has a finite point. And sometimes you talk to a lot of creatives, obviously, sometimes it's more about whatever your version of stepping into the arena is and playing that consistency game, right? So as a songwriter, it's like, if I'm writing, there will be periods of months and months where, and especially in the past, I know this well, the goal has been to continue waking up and whatever it might look like, it might look very different from one to the other. It might look like I don't touch a guitar at all, but I'm still kicking a the ball of writing a wonder years record down the lane right it might look like oh i'm raking my leaves or you know i'm going for an hour and a half walk but i'm actually listening to instrumentals and working on uh you know formulating really detailed notes and thoughtful feedback to a band that I'm producing, or it might be I'm completely distancing myself and saying the one thing that I need to do is really just make a list of all my own internal mix notes. So I'm going to go get in my car and drive around for 45 minutes and listen to these seven, eight, 10 songs on repeat and sit there with a voice note and have everybody think I'm a crazy person every time <laughs> I stoplight. You know what I mean? But that is work. That is the work. And that is doing it and and recognizing that. And and I try to do it every week. My I'm on like a Sunday. Uh, well, I've been home recently. Uh, Sundays are a nice thing because it lines up with my significant others and a lot of the other world around me. Right. But I always I, I try my best to um, set out time blocks, whether it's this is a mixing block. This is a Wonder Years block. This is a production block. This is a block to go talk with other like minded people on a podcast that will reinvigorate me for the rest of the week and into tour. Right. Making space for all of that and, and trying to be aware but yeah so that is how um that is how i try my best to stay productive that is the one thing that i've i've leaned into in the last year or two for sure extra hard how how would you say the diy or punk rock ethos have informed your work ethic you know i always say that when i was 15 or 16 or whatever discovered punk rock was kind of when i realized oh the the kid who booked the show is 14. Oh, I can do that. How, yeah. how, how did that affect you? I think, uh, and again, this is another one that I, that I'm still learning to this day, what it means. Right. But that's actually a very easy one because this phrase, um, comes to mind as something that is very paramount to me. And I believe it more and more each day, which is do what you can with what you have to get what you want. And I don't mean that in like the capitalistic sense of like to get money and get paid and get, you know, be successful. It kind of uh, means more to me, um, almost in like a, you know, I'm a strong believer. I love what guys like Ryan Holiday um, put out there into the world. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he does, um, you know, a podcast called The Daily Stoic. Um, and it has repurposed a lot of those old school, ancient Stoic philosophies into more modern context. Um, a lot of Marcus Aurelius. A lot of Aurelius, a lot of Seneca. Yeah, yeah. right. So, um, 
But uh, one of the biggest things is kind of, you know, I think he wrote a book by this title, um, The Obstacle is the Way, right? And, and and trying to say, instead of, you know, making excuses or saying, well, this is why it can't happen, saying, uh, asking yourself again, a better question, what do, what would, you know, this look like with that, you know, with that information at play? It's like, how, how does this change what the overall path would be to it, right? Does it provide an opportunity or is it, do you just see it as a wall and say, yeah, that's a no, that's a fail, right? You're always, we're, we're creatives, dude. We're always going to suffer. Suffering is just inevitable. Um, we're suffering in uncertainty. We're suffering in fear of failure, right? You know, but can you suffer long enough to find your way around a new path, right? To find, you know, to search out how to get around that boulder and what that means, right? Um, and sometimes, I mean, the obstacle is the way, right? It's like if you're if you lose one sense, right? Maybe another one is heightened, you know. Yeah. So it's like great. That is highly unfortunate that you that someone you know that man is now blind, right? But his sense of hearing and his sense of touch is now maybe compensating. And does that provide him an opportunity to do something at a higher level in that lane that somebody else couldn't? Maybe that's a, that's an extreme example, of course. And we hope that never happens, right? You know, to, to anybody. Right. But for me, I made a lot of excuses and I realized that now about myself early on, when it comes to things like that, where I said, I don't have this tool or when I get this, then I can actually execute on a higher level. That's just not true. And the pandemic taught me a lot about that. And I leaned into specifically what you kind of mentioned at the top of this with um, some coaching of other artists and musicians and kind of trying to provide some really calculated, honest uh, and candid feedback and and my own and and share relevant insights that I might have, you know, from the couple of decades I've been doing this and seeing things in our scene and space and and living the trajectory that I have and how it might be applicable to other um, independent artists, you know, frustrations and, and, and issues that they're facing. And I took a leap and said, I'm going to just start doing it in Zoom because what do I have to lose, right? Sure. Um, if it is helpful, great, then it's, a, then it's a huge success. If it's not, it was the pandemic's fault and I had to kill some time anyway, right? Yeah. So in that way, an interesting point, it provided an opportunity where the obstacle, I couldn't go anywhere, I couldn't be in the studio, so I couldn't actually make music, but I could still have Zoom calls one-on-one with musicians. And that provided a really interesting lane for me that has really brought me a ton of personal and creative fulfillment, honestly, and, and led me to a lot of awesome artists that would have otherwise not had a necessarily had a reason to reach out. Awesome. Uh, quick one. Do you prefer working late at night or early in the morning? Ooh, these days, neither. Uh, <laughs> um, interestingly enough, I, I'm definitely, but I, I would have to say I love the potential that one large mug of coffee deep in the morning yields, right? Where it's all ahead, you're like, ah, all right, let's dive in, right? You got a nice list. 
got everything. And then slowly it's just an unraveling or a, an extension of things. Not and, and it kind of becomes a little bit of chaos through the day as you slip deeper and deeper into whatever lane. But I do love that like quiet calm before the storm uh, in the morning, truthfully. So I, I would probably gravitate nowadays towards the morning, but I, I'm not like a 4 a.m. guy, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I I, uh, I love my eight hours and I've never had a problem sleeping. And I, I treasure that fact because I know plenty of people that do not uh, yeah. have it as easy. So awesome. Anything that you want to plug before we wrap it up? If you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to this, whatever platform, Apple, Spotify, you where anywhere the podcasts go out uh, these days, you can most likely also find a show called The Record Process, which, is, depending on with, when this comes out, is either just about to dive into or has already kicked off uh, its fourth season. It's a podcast I host, uh, co-host with um, a studio partner of mine, and we bring on creatives, um, namely artists and zero in on one album or one release of theirs. They've had a hand in, but it's not just the musicians or the the artists themselves. Sometimes it's producers. We had uh, a recent guest of yours, Mr. Steve Evitz, who we've had a long history on. Uh, we had I had um, sat down and had a very special conversation with him about a record in his discography that I was part of making because I was in that, uh, that band, but they're not, not all like that. Um, some of them, uh, reach out to other industry professionals, um, and, it, um, ask them to illuminate some, some light on their side of the project and how things come together creatively. And then others talk to producers, engineers about what their role and perspective was like uh, in working with an artist, right? So you kind of get this like, you know, this rotating lens um, uh, from week to week. I find it really fun. And, you know, we started it because we love talking about music and talking about making music um, and talking about all of the different things. And I think the best way to learn and grow, as I mentioned, and stay motivated and inspired is to talk to other people about the work that they make and allow their work to continue to inspire you and, and to be a fan. Right. And so I've learned a lot. I, I learned something about myself and about other people's uh, journeys. And that is my hope to bring that to uh, our audience and and we do it through 12 episodes at a time just like a nice record <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah. well casey thanks for talking with me today yeah man uh, i appreciate it thanks for having me mike thank you so much for listening today please subscribe to the artist work ethic podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and please rate and review the show follow us on instagram at the artist's work ethic and check out the artist's work ethic.com <laughs>